0: This week's comment, The Fight to Vote, by Jeffrey Tubin from The New Yorker magazine, December 12, 2016. Students of political despair, a popular field these days, might consider the case of Robert Paris Moses— He was a 26-year-old high school math teacher in New York City when, in 1961, he set off, alone, to register African-American voters in Mississippi. At the time, fewer than 7% of eligible African-Americans in the state were registered, Local officials kept the number low by means of literacy tests, poll taxes, and violence, aimed at those trying to register and, particularly, at those seeking to register others. They included Moses and a small band of colleagues in the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee who joined him. He was beaten repeatedly, once nearly to death. A quiet, almost serene figure, he came to exemplify a special kind of civil rights worker who, as Taylor Branch wrote in Parting the Waters, chose to isolate himself deep behind the lines of segregation for years at a time, armed only with nonviolence. Moses understood that the franchise is the foundation of democracy, and more than half a century later, that right is again under threat, often in the same places, mostly in the South, and always for the same reason, so that those in power can stay there. What makes the current controversy so dispiriting is the sense that the issue should have been settled by now. But, given the centrality of voting to our system of government, elections will always be battlegrounds, and votes are the weapons. Some, though, are offering the wrong lesson about voting rights in this year's presidential election. Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by a substantial margin, more than two and a half million votes, but under the baleful metrics of our electoral college, the outcome was not especially close. Donald Trump gained surprising victories in the northern Midwest, and his margins in the dispositive states are well outside the range where recounts, which almost never result in a change of more than 500 votes, might make a difference. Trump won Michigan by 10,704 votes, Wisconsin by 22,177, and Pennsylvania by 70,638. Still, Jill Stein, the Green Party candidate, has launched a successful fundraising drive, collecting almost $7 million from grieving Americans to underwrite official recounts. Wisconsin's is underway, although lawyers supporting Trump are trying to stop the effort in all three states. Stein's demands for a recount reflect the same narcissism as her candidacy, whose primary function was to help Trump win. Her roughly 1% of the national vote included more than enough votes to swing two of the three states to Clinton. Now she has exploited legitimate questions about interference by Russia, which, it seems, organized or backed a hacking operation that involved the theft of emails from the Democratic National Committee and from Clinton's campaign chair, John Podesta. This drew a curiously passive response from the Obama administration, but there remains no evidence that Russia or any other outside force systematically intervened or altered the result in any state the recounts will only give Trump an opportunity to claim victory again. More important, they have turned attention away from the real voting rights scandal of 2016. This was the first presidential election since the Supreme Court's notorious Shelby County v. Holder decision, which gutted the Voting Rights Act. Several Republican-controlled states took the court's decision as an invitation to rewrite their election laws purportedly to address the non-existent problem of voter fraud, but in fact to limit the opportunities for Democrats and minorities, overlapping groups of course, to cast their ballots. In the words of the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals, which before the election struck down some of the changes instituted by North Carolina, Although the new provisions target African Americans with almost surgical precision, they constitute inapt remedies for the problems assertedly justifying them, and in fact impose cures for problems that did not exist. Likewise, a federal court in Wisconsin rejected some of the changes in voting rules there, but federal courts can't police every aspect of voting rights. Ultimately.